0: Hello, welcome, and a happy new year. I'm Anthony Day, and this is a special edition of the Sustainable Futures Report for Friday, the 8th of January, to start off 2021. If we're to develop a sustainable world, we need to know that the products we buy and the services we use are based on sustainable sources. We need to be able to track things back along the supply chain and gather information at every stage. How do we do that? Well I recently spoke to Tyler Chaffo at Avery Dennison. My guest today is tyler chaffo manager at global sustainability intelligent labels and rfid at avery dennison tyler has combined his personal and professional passion for sustainability as manager global sustainability intelligent labels by combining nearly a decade of experience in rfid and an educational background focused on supply chains and integrating sustainable business practices Tyler has focused on identifying solutions for stakeholders that focus on enabling the circular economy and a transition to a low carbon economy. Tyler, welcome to the Sustainable Futures Report.
1: Hey Anthony, thanks for having me. I'm super excited to be on today.
0: Okay, well, we're gonna talk about a new report which is recently being commissioned by your company, the new transparency, but before we get onto that, I'm intrigued by the idea of an intelligent label. That must be much more than a piece of sticky paper. Tell me a bit more about intelligent labels.
1: Absolutely. And, uh, you know, the, the, the term intelligent labels is not only our business unit at Avery Denison, but it's really reflective of kind of the products we make. And it's not to say that all of the labels out there are quote unquote dumb labels. Um, but to your point, you know, we've kind of moved, we've transcended the traditional just sticky paper labels, if you will. Uh, the, the notion of intelligent labels is basically the ability to create a unique digital identity or digital twin for everyday products. So there's a variety of different ways in which we do that. Uh, basically trigger technologies, it could be UHF, RFID as an example, NFC, a QR code, such a, or a 2D barcode.
0: Okay, there's oh, so, so a cool lot cool of too. jargon in there. Can you just explain the, those QR? I think we all recognize. What were the f- things you mentioned before? Right.
1: Sure. So UHF RFID. Uh, you, you, if you're not familiar with it, you've certainly encountered it, and you might not have noticed. So UHF RFID is basically widely has widely been adopted globally in retail and apparel operations. So it's used primarily for inventory accuracy right now. Although that's certainly gone up the supply chain with. Which i'll speak to but it's in essence a way for retailers to quick quickly and more importantly accurately take an inventory count. so it's what we like to refer refer to as a one to many so one person counting many items quickly so i can count several thousand items in in mere seconds um nfc think of it as apple pay apple pay it stands for near field communication so Uh it's now more of a one-to-one interaction so and it's also got some proximity impact. You've got to be very close to, to uh, products and services to interact with them. Uh, QR code functions the same way. It doesn't have the actual technology, the physical component behind it. it it's just you know printed on on on, on a label. Um, low energy Bluetooth is more similar, I'll say, to NFC. It's just another different frequency band. Um, all kind of fall under our umbrella, of being trigger agnostic, but basically connecting to a unique digital identity in, in a cloud. So rather than having a unique, let's say gray T-shirt, you have a specific, this gray T-shirt that's serialized. So it is specific, there is only one of them in, in 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 the world. And I know all this information about it, which we'll speak to.
0: Okay, so you can embed technology into the label, which can then react with some sort of detecting device.
1: That's that's perfect. Yep. Yeah, that I would say that's it in a nutshell. We're we're basically embedding it on a chip more or less. And then that chip then communicates to a variety of different methods. It could be your phone, depending on the technology. It could be a handheld reader, it could be a fixed reader. But yeah, you, you pretty much nailed it, I would say.
0: All right. Well, let's move on to the 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 new transparency, which is the title yeah. of the report, which your company's recently commissioned. First of all. I get the impression from reading it that there's a lot more to transparency than traceability, although traceability is an important part of it. Yeah, uh, Would you agree with that? And can you explain how this links with sustainability?
1: Absolutely. And, you know, I'm, 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 I'm glad you asked this question specifically. I think tra- traceability is somewhat foundational to transparency. I look at transparency more being an umbrella term where traceability is certainly a key component of it. Um, the, the new transparency really is looking at what are, you know, technologies that are emerging out there to enable transparency and then really providing the definition of what transparency is. And, you know, to, to give a few anecdotal examples, if, in, if, I'm a, if I'm in the food industry, you know, knowing my product, where it's come from, when it expires is pretty much foundational to doing business. Um, you know, I, I need to know when it expires to prevent food waste. I need to know where it's come from because, in the U.S., um, certainly this year, we've had probably at least half a dozen product recalls on on produce such as romaine lettuce, onions. Um, <clears throat> rather than just you know removing the product that's affected, most retailers don't have a a way to identify products been affected, so they they throw out all 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 of the product category, which obviously amounts to a huge amount of food waste. All of these things combined really. It's transparency, in my view, is kind of synonymous with sustainability. You know, sustainability is very much a blanket term, I'll say, uh, as you're well aware. Uh, if you ask 10 people, you'll probably get 10 different answers and in terms of what sustainability means to them. Um, I think transparency really gives you the, you know, I, I want, I want to say transparency is going to be a really big thing. I think it already is a big thing, which is kind of what the new transparency report talks about. But I think it's going to be elevated even further. Uh, quite frankly, you know, knowing where your products come from, knowing what's in it, uh, knowing what to do with it after it's reached its useful life are all things that are related to sustainability. You know, if I know I have recycled content, if I know it was made ethically and uh, grown ethically, you know, I know how much water was used to make it. If I know what's, you know, what it's composed of, and I know how to recycle it at end of life, if it's a, if it's packaging, as an example. So these are all things that are core to sustainability, as well as the circular economy.
0: So you can create a label, which effectively records and documents the life cycle progress of a product. Am I right?
1: Absolutely. I mean, think of it in terms of a product certificate, more or less, you know, we're able to encode on, on under this digital identity, physical and digital identity, all, all of the information that I mentioned above. And so, you know, if you need, if if you're a retailer and you have certain mandates around using FSC paper or using cotton that's organic, that adheres to your sustainability commitments, that absolutely would go in as part of this, let's say, digital identity. Um, and now we're, and, and now we're tracking that. And so that information then can be used in a number of different ways. It can be used, you know, to communicate to the consumer and say, you know, this is a product that's made sustainably. I mean, as you know, consumers are more and more increasingly willing to not only pay more but demanding more sustainable products. They're also demanding more transparency. As you know, they they want to know where their products come from. They want to know how it's been made. Uh, they want to know what to do with it uh, after it's reached its useful life. So. Providing that information on the front end, as well as all the information that happens down the supply chain, ultimately enables the the, the brands and retailers to make smarter decisions, but also to engage their customers on, on deeper levels.
0: OK, well, this is very important, because I'm sure you're aware that there are problems with a lot of products in terms of their origin. I mean, you, right. you probably know about Manuka honey, which is the yep. premium type of honey. And here in the UK, we apparently sell far more manuka honey mm-hmm. than is actually produced in New Zealand. So it's either adulterated or it's just not what it says it was. There's right. the problem also with timber, mm-hmm. which uh, you know there's endangered timber species, and yeah. uh, it can be slipped into the supply chain, and people can never be sure exactly where it's come from.
1: Yeah.
0: So if we can, um, if we can develop transparency with the sort of systems you're describing that that's got to be good for everybody but the key question is yeah. how you can actually assure the integrity because if somebody can falsify a label then it'll slip into the system and, and nobody will know where are the safeguards
1: yeah uh, you know i'd say that's a really brilliant question um <clears throat> you know you asked earlier you know what falls under transparency traceability is part of it um traceability i would say kind of really came about for the gray market diversion, counterfeiting, such as what you're talking about now. Mm-hmm. Um, product authentication is a big component as well for a number of reasons. I mean, not only do counterfeit products, you know, they're not made according to brand standards, but generally they tend to be very much issues in terms of sustainability. They're not made using the same materials. They're not made using the same regulations. Um, so I think it's a critical component to uh, transparency and, uh the ways in which you basically make, I'll say, the authentication immutable, if you will, is the fact that, you know, it's a, you know, it's it's really, you know, to your to your questions earlier, I think blockchain is kind of a, a key component that comes in that comes into the frame here. Blockchain is obviously a pretty widely used buzzword these days, you know, probably not quite as much as sustainability, but but a lot. When we look at blockchain and transparency, there's a lot of things that happen there. And Blockchain's been used for a long time to really prevent fraud um, for a number of reasons. And one of it is it, it's it, it's a distributed network and it's peer-to-peer, meaning not everyone can access all parts of this, let's say, chain. So I have a component on the chain that I provide information on. S- some other party on, along the value chain provides information, which all kind of adds to this digital record. Um, so you know, that decreases the uh, ability for fraud to really happen there. Um, the the other part about it is it's permissioned. So, you know, not everyone has access to this digital record. So the, the stakeholders are are really the ones that can can do that. Um, you know, there, there there's also the ability that um when you have blockchain, that you basically are uh you know creating something that's you know that's a living, moving kind of uh record. Um, but it's something that you know, it's, it's also verifiable as well. So for example, you know, it's not something that I can go in and, and, and really change access to someone's record down below because it's not something that I have visibility to. Um, we actually just released a product the other day called Certiglo, uh, which is mainly a product authentication tool for the apparel industry. So a, a, consum- a consumer or retailer can scan this product and and, and know that it's been made authentically. So, you know, I think you're seeing these kind of abilities to, um, you know, really bridge the gap between, you know, authentic goods and inauthentic goods.
0: Okay, yes. Um, you, you also have a, a life cycle assessment tool. How does that fit into the picture?
1: Yeah, so uh, at Avery, um, at Avery Dennison, we have our, our a tool around life cycle assessment called our GreenPrint tool. Uh, it's really something that uh, we use across our different business units, some of our business units, units for various reasons, but it's really meant to look at the products we make and really measure their impact as traditional life cycle assessments tools do. Um, so primarily, depending on the business unit, it can be used to just, you know, measure the, the material part of it, or it could be the materials and the manufacturing part of it, depending on the products we make. Um, but really looking at, let's say, I have a hang tag that has peat plastic in it. And now I want to replace it with paper. What is that impact? Now that we have that information, we can then grab that. And because we're creating this digital record, we can actually now add that to the, add that to the digital record. And then depending on, you know, the brands and retailers, if they have their own product information, you know, their own data for, let's say a garment, then that gets added there as well. So now you've got more of a carbon footprint picture. And then on top of that, you can then layer in level event data. So as the garment moves to the supply chain, this record gets updated with this level event data. So it really becomes dynamic and, and not static. So you know, depending on the origin and destination, you know, obviously as you know, that can have a, obviously a decent amount of impact on on the overall uh, product carbon footprint. So it's really you know creating a much more accurate picture around the true carbon footprint of a product versus just you know doing estimates at a SKU level. Which doesn't take into account origin and, and destination.
0: Okay, now how does all this uh, fit in with uh, the circular economy?
1: Yeah, I, I you know the circular economy is you know again it's it's another widely used term these days, and in fact our number one sustainability goal is about creating products that can enable the circular economy. So it's something that's near and dear to us. I'd say it fits into it in in a number of ways. <clears throat> you know, in order to enable a circular economy, it's not just focusing on, 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 on recycling. We have to also design out waste. Uh, We also have to reduce materials where possible. We also have to design products that can be recycled. Um, So all of these things are kind of paramount. And so transparency can do that, right? So if I know how the product's made, then I know potentially how, how to recycle it, you know, taking into account uh, the apparel industry now, which is really focusing heavily. On, on, on garment recycling. You know, there's a, there's a big emphasis between chemical versus mechanical recyclers, and really having to have a deep knowledge around what the product's actually made of. You know, some, some recyclers can deal with uh, more than mono materials. Some can only deal with mono materials. So really knowing what's in the product is critical in order to, to enable the recyclability of it. We're also seeing it pop up in other ways too, such as the resale market. So if I have a, a digital identity and I have transparency in, into my products, we're now able to uh, basically make that information available whenever the customer is done with the product. And so they can scan it and then it can says, okay, this product's X amount of years old. It has X amount of use. It's worth 10 to $15 on the resale market. And now here's a credit for you to resell it. And now you can go buy a, a, a new product. So not only are you enabling the circular economy, But for brands and retailers that choose to adopt this, now they have they have a return customer. So in essence, it's really a win win. You know, we're extracting more value out of these materials than just sending it to landfill, Um, and and we're really just scratching the surface there.
0: Well, that's great. I mean, we don't want to send things to landfill, do we? No. Uh, You've spoken about perishables, about food. You've spoken about the garment trade. Uh, This presumably relates equally to. uh, major consumer goods, white goods, like domestic appliances, even cars. Yep. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I would say, you know, you've seen a lot of examples now happening across different, uh, durable and, and, and really consumer industries. Um, cars is definitely one of them, you know, right now there's a lot of focus on being able to track, uh, post-consumer resins. And so, you know, there, there's a big, you know, there's a big push on, on a lot of different, uh, Brands and you know certainly in in the consumer packaged goods space, but also in the automotive space, that you know they're using increased re- recycled content. And as you know, one of the challenges with really using any kind of uh, recycled product is actually verifying you actually are using recycled product. Um, obviously, you've probably seen that you know there are certain markets where, let's say, plastic bottles are then virgin plastic bottles are, are ground up and then passed off as. As you know, post-consumer resin, which is not really accurate because it's never actually been used, and so I think we're starting to see that happen in the automotive industry. Um, there is actually just a, a a German manufacturer this week that announced they're using a, a a blockchain traceability standard to to track their content of their recycled plastic. And you know, it, it's really about mass balance as well. You know, knowing that they're getting in exactly what they're putting out. Uh, I, I think you're going to see that happen more and more. Um, so that brands that have specific goals around you know x amount of recycled plastic by you know 2025 2030 whatever the year is actually being able to verify that's actually happened
0: you're you're storing so much information that it, it's clearly not just printed on a label are we getting to the stage where a consumer is going to be able to scan a label with their phone or whatever and get consumer related information on the product that they're looking at, which could be all sorts of things from whether it's um, a piece of food which is within its sell by date or whether it's a car which has done far more miles than uh, it should have done or things like that.
1: I would say yes. And if I could say yes times a thousand, uh, then that would be my answer. But yeah, the the short answer is absolutely yes. Um, To your point, a lot of that information Will be stored digitally, but the the important thing to keep in mind here is this connection between the physical and the digital. So there is information we're still printing, uh, but it's mostly the traditional information that that you would see uh, on any kind of label. Now, if we're talking like a two D barcode, that would actually be a, a physically printed barcode. Um, you know, that kind of looks like an ink blot to, to give you a a description. I'm sure you're familiar with QR codes, obviously, um, but the, the the consumers now uh can scan that. So scanning out a QR code from their mobile device. Um NFC is also now I can cons- NFC is mostly a consumer application. So it's a digitally native app on all Android devices. Um it's now native on all iOS devices after a certain iOS update, which happened a few years ago. Yeah. So now consumers have the ability to even if it's an NFC uh type of tag to be able to scan that information as well. So you're going to see that increase as well. You know, when consumers demand more transparency, you'll see more direct consumer applications.
0: Is that in the shops now or are we uh, w- waiting, expecting to see it in the next few months and years?
1: I would say it is absolutely in the shops now. A lot of the things that I talked about are all in the shops now in terms of use cases. I'll say you're going to see it accelerate. You're also going to see it accelerate and and expand to other segments. You know, you see it a lot in apparel, but I think you'll see it more in food Um, and its ability to really engage your consumer, you know, on on a deeper level. Um, And I think it's an opportunity to educate them as well. You know, I look at, you know, let's say eco labels as an example. There's 400 plus eco labels that, that exist out there. There's organic there, you know, there's non GMO. There, there, there's so many that, you know, there's, there's so many that exist out there. As a consumer, how do you justify and really say, well, how is one better than the other? You know, and so you're going to see this, this notion of really engaging the consumer more deeply at a product level. And you're going to do that through these interactions that I mentioned.
0: Well, it's an amazing future, isn't it? Information, information, information. Mm-hmm.
1: And you know it really is you know an exciting time to be involved in this space you know it, it, there is a lot happening and you know one of the things is COVID-19's really accelerated the need for deeper transparency.
0: Yeah you know? well yes of course we haven't spoken about the medical um, industry exactly, at all yeah. and that must be a vast potential market.
1: Yeah well, well you know even in the food space as well you know um, you know, I, I I know this happened in the UK as it did in the US, but, you know, you simultaneously had milk being dumped out while there was food bank lines miles long. And so there was this inability to marry supply and demand. So not only were we wasting food, but there was food insecure populations. And it was because we didn't have enough transparency into our supply chains to really create this, you know, nexus point. Um, and so it accelerated the need for transparency. And then when you think of PPE shortages and really knowing where PPEs is at and kind of lead times to get that back. And then obviously all of this focus on the vaccine and the vaccine has to maintain a cold chain process. And if it goes above half a degree then it loses its efficacy, I mean, transparency has been accelerated, I would Good say. On.
0: Well, that's really been a very uh, interesting conversation, Tyler. Thank you very much for your time today. Now, the report, the new transparency is available freely from your website. I shall put a link to that on the podcast. And it remains Absolutely. for me to to thank you very much for taking your time to talk to the Sustainable Futures Report today. Thanks.
1: Absolutely, Anthony. And it was my esteemed pleasure. You know, I, I, this is really an exciting topic and, and we are very excited to be at the forefront of it and and, and 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 to really be involved moving forward. So thanks for having me on.
0: Tyler Chaffo of Avery Dennison. And there's a link to the new Transparency, the report, on the website. And that's all for this special edition of the Sustainable Futures Report. Before I go, I wonder if you've been listening to the BBC's Reef Lectures. This is an annual series of lectures, and this year they're presented by Mark Carney, who until recently was the Governor of the Bank of England. You can probably find the lectures on the bbc radio website uh, and of course they're on the bbc sounds app there are four lectures and number four climate crisis to real prosperity covers sustainability again there's a link to these lectures on my website sustainablefutures.report i did say i was going to take a break in january but in fact you have another special edition to look forward to. I've had a discussion with four experts on the subject of carbon, and that'll be available to you on Friday the 22nd, some days earlier for patrons. Until then, I'm Anthony Day. That was a special Sustainable Futures Report, and I'll be back again in two weeks. Have a good fortnight.